You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Hello, Hoosier fans, and welcome to another episode of The Grace Burger Show, a production of Assembly Call on the Back Home Network. This is our seventh of 12 episodes throughout the season as we give you more insight into the IU women's basketball program and the Grace Burger herself. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, alongside Grace Berger. Tonight's episode will recap the last couple of weeks of IU women's basketball and preview upcoming games. As we record this on February 4th, we learned, uh, excuse me, we, re, uh, we record this on February 4th, sorry, right before the rematch with Purdue on Sunday. I just want to thank Grace for taking some time to join us as the schedule is getting hectic for her with the, the games we have coming up and they're going to be busy and we're going to talk a lot about the upcoming schedule here later in the podcast. So Grace, welcome and uh, would you like to say anything? No, yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head. It's been a strange past few weeks for us, for sure, with COVID and injuries and all that. And then um, we have a lot coming up. So I'm excited to talk about our next busy few weeks. Yeah. And just you guys were kind of in a unique situation. You played at Purdue mm-hmm. and it just watching on TV, it looked like a couple of you might have been feeling and you know, might have not been feeling the best anyway. And then everything kind of really unraveled from there by about, oh, say Monday or Tuesday. Just kind of, if you can, without mentioning names, just kind of how it all unfolded and, and when you guys realized that, you know, several of you were going to be out for, for a few days. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously before that, I, we had a couple of players that mm-hmm. had been out with the health and, health and safety protocols before the Purdue game. So um, we were making sure leading into that game that we were extra cautious wearing um, the N95 mask on the bus and, and really trying to keep our distance from each other like we were last year. Um, and then I think, you know, we maybe looked a little more tired versus Purdue than usual, but I think overall we all felt fine. I mean, that was a huge win for us. Um, but then the day after, I think some of us started not feeling so good. And so we just ended up testing everyone in the program and, um, you know, obviously found some, some positive cases there. So, um, a lot of us were, you know, had to shut, shut things down for, I think about, seven days probably for on average. Um, but the people that obviously were healthier or had already had it, were able to continue working out, um, with the coaches and whatnot. But, um, for the majority of us, we, we had to take about a week break. And so that there, we talked a little bit about that on the BTN plus broadcast last night, that the coaches had said that it was all, or maybe even the players had said that it was almost like getting back to a summer workout or, or an off season workout. Was that kind of true? Yeah, I mean, in the summer, we normally do small group workouts with three or four people. Um, so that's really pretty much what it was um, for that one week where a lot of us were, um, you know, obviously in isolation. So um, normally during the season, we don't get as much individual work. So I think it was was good and beneficial for the kids that were able to work out just to maybe get some more one-on-one attention and really work on their skills, um, something that in the middle of the season you normally don't get to do. And this was really, again, last year, you guys kind of, if I remember right, you guys, you guys didn't miss any games. You might've had a game or two canceled, but it was always from somebody else. This, this really kind of the first time it hit the team in the last couple of years, right? Yeah. So last year we didn't have a single positive case um, in the entire program, which was amazing and something mm. we're really proud of. 
Um, and we made it a long way this year, but obviously um, with the new variants and stuff, it's extremely contagious right now. So I think once one person kind of got it, um, you know, we, we, we kind of knew what was coming, uh, but we're definitely glad that, that we got it out of the way now, as opposed to deeper in February or March. Yeah. And, and just that's, you know, hard to stay in conditioning or at least I shouldn't say condition, but maybe lose a little bit of your, your, your conditioning while you're not able to do much. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, not only for the people that weren't able to do anything with COVID, but even the people that were still, still practicing and all that, I mean, you practicing and, and doing individual workouts is a lot different than a game. Um, and so I think for, for a lot of us, um, even the people that weren't necessarily sick, um, just coming back to that first game last Sunday, um, it kind of felt like the first game of the year, like you hadn't played in forever and just getting your legs back under you. It probably took us a couple quarters, maybe even the whole game to really, um, you know, get back into in, in game shape. Well, one of the games that you missed was a matchup with Iowa. And mm-hmm. just wanted to ask you real quick about because uh, I you'll play them again, at least your schedule will play them later in February. But just Kaylin Clark has been on a real roll. And, I, and it's going to kind of lead into a, a second kind of a question to your first game back with Michigan. But just you've watched her, you've played against her. What, what obviously there's some great talent in the Big Ten, including the people on your team, yourself and the others as well. But what just what makes her so difficult to guard? I mean, she's putting up big numbers and triple doubles on some real quality opponents. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously an amazing player. I think we all recognize that very early on in her freshman year. Um, I think from playing her, my personal experience with her, what makes her so hard to guard is she has the ability to hit threes from 35 feet out uh, on a regular basis, hit setbacks from 35 feet out. Um, obviously, what, what not many girls can do. So. Um, you have to press up on her. You have to pay a lot of attention for her, which I think allows her to, to you know, use her speed and size um, to drive past you. And then she has incredible vision for a six-foot guard. She can find her teammates, and she's surrounded by a lot of really good players too. So mm-hmm. um, she's just a phenomenal player. She's a hard matchup, three-level score, and obviously can make plays for others and rebound and um, push the ball and all that. So, I mean, she's a complete player um, and definitely a special talent. And that kind of takes us into your first game back, which was against Michigan, a, a very good team on the road against what I would look like to me, a pretty hostile crowd with one of the best, if not the MVP in the conference. I obviously I just mentioned Caitlin Clark, but Nas Hillman's putting up some incredible numbers as well and a tough matchup in any situation here. You guys were coming off the COVID. What was what was kind of, first of all, before I ask about Nas, what's kind of the what was kind of the preparation you were able to get to do in order to play Michigan on that in, for that first game back? Um, I mean, really, we had like five days where we could fully prepare for them because we have no game. So that's obviously a little bit, you know, more than the the one to two day prep that we normally get for a game. So, I mean, we knew um, obviously Nas is is the focus of our prep, um, doubling her and just making everything difficult for her. But she also has a lot of really good players surrounding her, obviously. So um, it wasn't just about one person, really. It was about, you know, everybody having to to focus on a lot of different individuals on that team. They're a really good team. They're really well coached. So um, we had five days to prepare. So I think even though we hadn't played in a while, we definitely we're confident going into that game. And you mentioned doubling, but Nas is, Nas does a real nice job, just an outstanding player, but she really makes a quick, decisive move. It's hard to get there to double her, isn't it? It is. I mean, she's 
um, a really good passer from the post. She's really good at throwing skip passes. And then obviously, like I just said, she's surrounded by great shooters, great scorers on the outside. So, um, you know, she's, she's definitely not a player that um, just because you double her is going to be any less effective. But I think the game plan for any team is just to make things as difficult as possible for her. Yeah. And, and I think was it, I'm going to forget the name. The other one, the other big girl, I think had 14 or 15 rebounds against you guys. So she was really giving you guys problems on the glass. And, and, and that was probably the first game where I'd seen uh, rebounding be an issue for you guys. And even with the games you played without the couple of games without Mac, you had, you know, so was there just, was Michigan that just aggressive or was it just something that was just not clicking that night for you guys on the defensive end on as far as rebounding? Um, I mean, I think a little bit of both, um, but we knew coming into the game, that Michigan out, re- out rebounds people a lot. I mean, that's what, um, you know, really one of the things that makes Nas so special is her ability to just kind of overpower people and get the offensive rebound after um, a miss. So we knew um, that going into the game and obviously we didn't execute it. Um, so, you know, you could blame it on us not playing for two weeks. You could blame it on maybe us being a little out of shape, but um, really at the end of the day, I think it just came down to, you know, us getting out hustled and just um, not being on our A game that night for sure. Well, and, and like I said, I think a lot of the fans recognize that that was going to be a tough game if you had everybody had been healthy for three weeks. I mean, Mac was going to, you know, would have been a big part of that as well. And not that we're taking anything away from Keandre or anybody else taking that's playing in Mac's spot right now, but even under the best of circumstances, that was going to be a tough game. I mean, just that to me was one of those games I've seen you guys play where, and you may feel the same way, or maybe you'll disagree that it was like the crowd was ready for you guys. This is, you know, you guys were undefeated in the league. Michigan wants to be the team to beat. And they had you coming into their place and they just looked like they were ready. The crowd was ready. And, and so it was going to be a tough environment, even if everybody was super healthy. Right. I mean, yeah, Michigan, Obviously, you know, one of the best teams in the Big Ten, but one of the best teams in the nation, too. So, um, you know, even if we had McKenzie, even if we were um, on our normal schedule, it would have been a tough game. Um, And in Michigan, you know, we beat them last year in a really close game. And um, we're both kind of similar in that we're fighting for that top spot in the Big Ten. So we knew that they really wanted to to beat us for those reasons. and that they were going to really encourage a great crowd to come out and, and support them. And they had that. I mean, um, they were definitely, you know, it was a hostile environment. But like I said, you know, last time in the Purdue game, it was a similar kind of environment. But um, normally I don't think that really affects us because we just like playing in fan in front of fans, whether they're for us or against us. But, um, you know, obviously on a night where it just wasn't our night, maybe the fans just kind of um, gave Michigan that the extra energy that they needed to really just um, – you know, uh, overpower us. Yeah. I mean, and it really didn't get away from you until really kind of toward the end of the third quarter. And they just kind of, they made a little bit of a run there that, that kind of put it, you know, got you back on your heels a little bit and, and such. So, and then I will ask you this. Yeah. Do you like snow? You could, you've had several inches of snow over the last couple of days. Yeah. Well, um, we've definitely learned to like snow. This is definitely since I've been in Bloomington, and really probably my whole life, the most snow I've seen over the past past couple of days. So, um, it, 
yeah, Louisville doesn't snow quite as much, maybe a little bit, but not, not quite as much. Yeah. So I, obviously you guys have been sick and so I wouldn't imagine, but I saw some video of some of the kids on campus out doing some things that, you know, sledding and, you know, getting towed behind cars and things like that on the sled. So hopefully none of you guys were out quite doing that, anything quite like that. But the Grace Burger Show is presented by Feral Wealth. Farrell Wealth was founded by former IU All-Big Ten defensive end Greg Farrell, who is now experiencing IU all over again as a parent with two girls who are juniors in the IU Media School, interns at the Cuban Center, and own their own business. And you know, Greg learned trust and integrity while playing for legendary coach Bill Mallory, traits he's worked hard to instill in his girls. He also learned how to game plan. Feral Wealth uses these principles to help high net worth individuals and business owners pursue financial success. Wealth planning is their passion, so you can live yours. Their fiduciary plans include investments, insurance, taxes, executive compensation, and charitable giving in this lifetime and beyond. Like any good team, the IU women's basketball team, for example, you need to plan and work the plan. Well, what is your plan? Contact Feral Wealth through all socials at Feral Wealth and their website, feralwealth.com. That's F-A-R-R-A-L-L wealth.com. Feral Wealth is a proud supporter of IU Athletics. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisory firm, member FINRA SIPC. So you played last night, as I said, we're recording this on Friday. You played Minnesota last night. Very few fans because the people were asked to stay off the roads. And and so really kind of a few fans did show up. I saw some Twitter, uh, some tweets that uh, there were about 30 or 40 kids that went ahead and made the trek over. So not a big crowd last night, but it sounded like you had some boisterous crowd, some boisterous fans there. Yeah, we probably had, you know, uh, like 15 to 20 students that I guess had walked over. Um, and really kind of gone against the rules and nobody was supposed to be there. They strongly encouraged nobody to be there. So when we ran out of the tunnel and saw them over there, I think we, you know, it was definitely a pleasant surprise. I mean, um, when you're not playing in front of anybody, um, even the smallest of energy that those fans can bring is, is a big boost for us. So I think down the stretch, especially, um, it kind of gave us, you know, the little energy that, that we needed to come out with a win. Yeah, was that the egg in the first half on TV? They showed that were they the group that was holding up chairs like during free throws, or do yeah, you even see, have, or do I, you even I, I see that? I saw them during the game. Now that you say that, doing some stuff during free throws. Um, so, so I definitely vaguely remember them doing that. Yes. Okay, I didn't know if that was them or whether maybe some of your managers were over there trying to do some get some environment environment going. So Minnesota comes in. And, and coached by one of the leg, Big Ten legends and Lindsey Whalen, uh, mm-hmm. former WNBA player. Um, just tough night because, as you said, no crowd really. And Minnesota wasn't toward the top of the league, but yet they played well last night. And I thought that, you know, just really gave you guys everything you wanted. Yeah, I mean, um, we knew coming into the game that they were a lot better than their record might have shown. Um you know, that they, they have one of the most talented starting fives really in the entire conference, um, just based on talent alone, um, especially on the offensive end. I mean, they're just a really good group. And obviously, if you watch the game last night, um, can really shoot the ball. So anytime you have a team that has three guards that can, um, you know, shoot above 40, 50 percent from the three point line on, an, on any given night, obviously, that's dangerous. And unfortunately, they, we, we let them get some easy looks and they. They made them and started, you know, 
giving them some confidence. And I thought they shot and played really well last night. Um, so, I mean, we weren't necessarily surprised. We knew that they were capable of doing that. And I think we just kind of let them get a little too, too confident early. And that's kind of the danger with a team like that, isn't it? We've given them a little confidence, let them hang around. And the next thing you know, you're in a dogfight. Right. Definitely. They, yeah. And, and I will say this, I was not as familiar with them. I'd looked through some of their stats a little bit as we're getting ready for the game, but boy, Scalia could shoot it from deep as well. Yeah, I mean, she came in here our freshman year and was doing that, shooting step back 35 footers um, like it was nothing. So, I mean, she's obviously one of those players, kind of like Caitlin Clark, that um, is is unlike a lot of girls and that they have that kind of range with such accuracy that you really have to um, respect as soon as they pass half court. And you, you know, so you guys get out of there. You scored the the team scored the last 14 points of the game. You came from four down in the last five minutes to win by 10, 80 to 70. Um Kind of what maybe what was that last timeout or TV timeout like? Well, I mean, you were down four, I think, or, or three going into that last timeout and, and such. So, what was kind of the mentality in that huddle going into that those last four or five minutes? Um, I mean, really, I think the message from the coaches, which isn't you know unusual, and a lot of times this is what's being said in our huddle is just focused on the defensive end. Um, and that we just have to, you know, really sit down, guard our man, and get stops. Um, we had kind of been trading baskets there with them for a little bit. Um, and obviously when they're that good of a three point shooting team, that's not something you really want to do. So I think we were just focused on, on getting stops and getting rebounds and then um, hopefully pushing the pace and getting some easy shots on the other end. So our main focus was definitely defense at that point. And you had a really good ball game last night, outstanding ball game, 19 points, 10 rebounds and eight assists and near a triple double. Um, but that's kind of, it was, again, just another kind of game where you've talked about on here, I'll give you kind of a chance to talk about how you felt kind of maybe going into the game last night where you just kind of do what you feel like the team needs. And, and at times you're scoring, at times you're rebounding, at times you're passing the ball. But did you kind of feel like last night was coming off the Michigan game where I, I, nobody played badly, but you obviously lost that game. Did you kind of feel a good vibe going into last night? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, after a, a loss like that, we're not a team that loses very often. We all hate to lose. We're all such competitors. So um, coming out after that, you really want to make it kind of a statement game um, just to get back on track and start building your momentum um, with a couple stack up, stacking up a couple wins, starting with the Minnesota game. So obviously, um, you know, I felt really good in the game. I felt like we were ready to really bounce back after a couple of days, but, um, you know, they came in, they were hot. They were really good last night. So we didn't, you know, get the the blowout win, you know, the, the really statement win that we, that we wanted um, every time we step on the court, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. So we feel like, um, you know, hopefully it'll give us some momentum going into this tough stretch ahead. Yeah. That was kind of one of the things we were, we, we were thinking about as well. Kind of, you know, I saw in the Twitters and things like that, not that Twitter is really the end all be all, but at the end of the day, the tournament selection really isn't going to be based on whether you blew them out by 15. They're just going to look at whether you won a game against Minnesota or you lost a game. And I, I think that's a really good point that you made. Did the, were the, I don't want to say coaches were upset, but was there anything maybe the coaches emphasized at halftime? Because that was you were down one at the half. And so was there anything that they emphasized or was it just kind of keep doing what you're doing? You know, obviously you're trying to tweak the, you know, should say tweak, but defensively it wants you to sit down a little bit more. But was there anything maybe they tweaked at half? time that you know going out for the second half well I mean I think it was um again mostly defense um just things simple things that we can control 
Um, we're a team that really, you know, uses a lot of scout defense going into the game. We really watch a lot of film and, and you know, know how we're going to guard all their actions. Um, so I think we were just losing focus a little bit, letting our guard down, um, and they were making us pay. So I think um, the the emphasis at halftime going into the second half was just um, being maybe a little more disciplined on that end, following our game plan. Um, and then, you know, once we get those stops on defense, pushing the ball and um, getting easy, easy offense on the other end, because obviously for a lot of the game, they were sitting in a three, two zone. And I think um, that can kind of make teams stagnant a little bit. So we were hoping to get stops and, and push the pace to maybe get some easy baskets. Yeah. It, it was a three, two. You, was that something normal for them? Yeah, they, they've played us um, a three, two in pa- years past. And we knew that they, that was something that they did. So we were fairly confident going into the game that that's where, how they were going to play us. Um, so we, we, we expected it going into the game. It wasn't anything that, that shocked us and, and we had prepared for it, but obviously we didn't handle ourselves the way we wanted to. And I will don't want to, you guys got really good contributions. Four of the five starters were in double figures. Three of you played 39 minutes or more, uh, including yourself played 40. But talk a little bit. I know we've talked about several of them as well, but Alexa had a career high 20, 28 points last night. Just maybe a little bit of what you, you know, how, and I know everybody plays wide, but just Alex, Lex does so many things sometimes, at least in my view, that don't show up in the score in, in the stat sheet. Just maybe talk a little bit about how Lex played last night, besides obviously the stat sheet. Yeah. I mean, I think um, she's, she's really stepped up for us recently. I mean, we always knew she was capable of having games like this. Um, and I think it, it's been great to see just like how consistently she's been doing it the past um, couple games and really all big 10 season for us. Um, so, I mean, I think it, it might come as a surprise to, to some people, but I would think if you would ask the other coaches in the big 10, they're very aware of who Alexa is and what she's capable of doing night in and night out. She definitely um, receives a lot of attention from, from other teams Um on their scouting reports. And I think that's just going to continue. And obviously um, when you have a a four like that, that can play defense, that can go down in the low block and can step out and hit shots. That just makes us a lot better team. So, I mean, it's just great to see how confidently she's playing right now. And that just um, really helps us, especially with McKenzie out. And then you it really, at times last night, you just essentially played with, at times, four guards. You, uh, sometimes Grace Wagner was on the floor. Sometimes it was Caitlin Peterson, but and then Allie and Nikki. Um, mm-hmm. You play a little smaller, but yet you you tend to have better ball handling. And Nikki is so active defensively that I don't, not sure you lose a whole lot by going small. And, and maybe, you know, what, what how Nikki and Allie can uh, impact the game from what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, anytime you have someone like Nikki that is really good pressuring the ball full court, um, half the time the teams can't even get it past half court. And then really, once they do, they're kind of out of rhythm. Um, the shot clock might be low. They might not be able to get into their action. So, um, you know, Nikki's definitely the the head of the snake on our defense and really sets the tone there. Um, and then I think playing four guards and then you have Alexa, who who's very guard-like for a post player. Um, that just, you know, we can switch ball screens more. We can play a little more aggressively defensively. Um, and then obviously offensively that creates a lot of problems for other teams that, um, have to figure out how to guard really five guards that can shoot it from the outside that can drive, that can make plays for other, and obviously go down in the low block and score as well. So I think 
um, really it just creates mismatches um, in a positive way for us on both ends. Support for The Grace Burger Show is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, where they have one of the most extensive collections of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And it's not just IU apparel. They have over 100 colleges and universities. And what they do is they go back into history and they pull out old vintage brand marks that haven't been used in a long time, but that still look really cool and that have this really great kind of nostalgic appeal and they pull them into modern day and they've created such a great niche because you know a the the actual material that their stuff is printed on the shirts the crew neck sweaters the hoodies it's really comfortable it holds up when it's washed and then the logos all look just so cool it's just such a unique niche uh that they have then you can go to homefieldapparel.com uh, again, look through over 40 items uh, of IU apparel. IU is their original school, and so that's what they have the most of. But you can also browse through all of their other colleges and universities as well. And when you're ready to purchase, if it's your first time there, use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E. That will give you 15% off your first order. So again, it's homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. You get out of there with 87, 80 to 70 win. For the most part now, you're going to kind of start back through the Big Ten. I, I think there's still a couple teams here you'll play only once, but um, you have Purdue coming up. What do you expect out of that game on Sunday? And I don't think we'll get this uploaded until after the weekend because uh, uh, just with everything going on, the men have a game tomorrow, and I know the guys are on the, on the with the AC radio side are doing some stuff with them. But So what, what do you kind of expect from them since you've seen them and maybe might be different or you may be able to, without giving anything away, change up for them? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, they're going to be really excited to come back in and play us. Um, not only because it's a rivalry game, but obviously just a couple weeks ago, we kind of kind of were able to steal one up at their place that they were winning for, for a lot of the game. Uh, and we were just able to make a few more plays down the stretch. So I think, um, you know, I mean, they're a dangerous team. Um, they, they can hit shots from the outside, just like Minnesota last night. So um, we know that they're capable of being hot and they have a lot of really good players and a rivalry game. Anything can happen. It just means a little bit more. So. Um, you know, our game plan is obviously similar as it was um, last time. I mean, they have the same personnel we do, too. Um, but I think, you know, there's a couple things that, that maybe we'll change up that didn't work for us last game. And hopefully we can just have a better turnout. And then you'll have Illinois coming up, but a game that maybe some of our fans who who maybe by the time they hear this will know it, but as we're recording, maybe some of our fans don't know, uh, the Michigan State game has been rescheduled for the 12th. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a game you're going to get made back up. As we mentioned at the beginning, I think maybe we were off air talk before we started talking. If I'm doing my math right, I think six games in about 15 days. Um, With that, I mean – We've talked a little bit. Coach does a very good job of giving you guys some time off, but also being able to make sure the game plan is is taken care of. Does have you had a similar stretch like this? I'll start like that. Have you ever in there in your time at Indiana? Have you kind of have you had a similar stretch with this many games in such a short time? Um, I I mean I wouldn't say that. Normally it's a more consistent schedule than it has been this year because obviously COVID's messing up so much. Um, not only with our team and not only with Big Ten Conference, but everywhere across the country. So um, it's definitely unlike anything we've ever experienced before. But at the end of the day, we're just excited to be able to play these games. I'm very grateful that the 
um, able to be made up. So if we have to play, you know, this many games in so many days, I mean, we're just grateful for the opportunity to go on the court and, and play no matter, you know, how many games it is per week. We're just excited for the opportunity. Well, and and one thing, if I'm looking at right, at least most of the stretch, not all, but most of the stretch is at home. So that at least makes gives you a little bit of comfort being able to be in your own your own apartments and, and playing on your own floor. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, um, you know, with having that many games and that many days, travel is something that really comes into play and makes it um, that much harder. So anytime we can play in front of our, you know, own crowd, like you said, sleeping in our own beds, I think that just, you know, gives us a little bit more of an advantage. And then uh, toward the end of that stretch, you'll have a rematch with Nebraska and Lincoln, and then you'll get Northwestern kind of to finish that stretch up. Uh, Northwestern will come to town to Bloomington. So yeah, a, a tough stretch of games, not, not any real easy opponents on there. I know Illinois is maybe toward the bottom of the league, but it, it, as you were talking earlier, really can't overlook anybody in the league. Right. I mean, you know, the Big Ten is one of the best conferences in the country. Um, and all of these players are playing, you know, Division One Big Ten basketball for a reason. So on any given night, um, no matter what the record is, they can come out and beat you. So, um, you know, we're a veteran team. We know that we've experienced that. So we're, we, we treat everybody with the, with the same amount of respect, for sure. So kind of wrap this up a little bit, but just kind of also wrap to back to where we're talking again. So now you guys have come out of the COVID are you are you now able to get in? Like, could you go in? I know you mentioned before in episodes, you and Allie, a lot of times you're at Cook Hall together. Do you go in more on individual now or do you can you get back with some of your smaller groups like you and Allie going in and doing workouts together? Um, yeah, everything since we've been back for the most part is the same as it has been all year. Um, just in terms of us getting in extra, me and Allie shoot together every day. And then um, other people have small groups and individual shooting that they do outside of practice for 20, 30 minutes. And then obviously we have a practice block every day, um, lift weights, all that. So it's, it's, it's gotten back, you know, to our normal routine, which has been nice. Good. Good. That's kind of what I was wondering a little bit, just because you got a couple of days, you're, you're off today, you're off Saturday, and then you'll play on Sunday. So I didn't know how that was quite, I, I don't want to assume anything because I have not had to deal with the COVID like you guys have, even though you didn't have any cases last year, you were still dealing with some of those issues. Right. Um, so I didn't know how that is where you were in terms of with everybody now being back and, and, and such. So I, I do have one question for you. Um, and this comes, and I know it's not an ask me anything, but this one actually came in late from our last episode and I didn't get a chance to get it or I missed it and didn't see it until after we recorded the episode. This comes from Sean, but it's, it's actually from his daughter, Nadia, who's a 10 year old and she's playing in her first full basketball league this year. And they saw you guys up in Madison against Wisconsin. And she, this is from Nadia, dear Grace, I've seen you play and I'm a big fan of you. Whenever I see you play, I see you have a pink headband in that never slips off. Could you tell me what kind of headband that is? Sincerely, P.S. Sincerely, Nadia and P.S. You're a really good player. Well, thank you. Um, So I I have been doing this since high school um, and a lot of soccer players actually do it. So it's it's pre-wrap. So what normally you put um, underneath tape and stuff, I just go to um, Dick's Sporting Goods or Walmart or whatever and, and buy it. Um, it's supposed to be red, but it's probably a little more pink. Um, so I might be breaking a rule there, but, um, and then I just, you know, put stack two pieces on top of each other and, and wrap it around, um, tie it around my neck and then just pull it up on my head. So, uh, maybe I can give her a tutorial if she ever comes to a, a game next time and kind of show her how it's done. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I do it. 
And did many of your teammates in high school do that? Yeah, it was a big thing in high school. And now I'm kind of the only one that does it. So I kind of stand out with, with that on my head for sure. Yeah, because I was I, I, when she asked that, I was kind of like, you know, if I started. No, I, I'd seen you wear it, but I've been so used to it as a coach because my high school kids did the same. My high school players did the same thing. They would much rather had pre-wrap than they would have almost a headband. And now you can see the more of the kids with the headband. Um so is there, are there rules about like, should the headband, does the headband have to match like color uniform or something like that? Um, so I think as long as our headbands are all the same color. Uh, so a lot of the girls on the team kind of wear the wraparound headbands mm-hmm. and that are a little different than mine. So as long as they're the same color, um, I, I think, you know, that's fine. Mine's supposed to be red. Um, and every other girl on our team wears red ones. So I think the refs kind of let it slide. Well, you know, I always thought you know, rather than going to Dick's, you could snag some out of the trainer's room because that's kind of where my stu- my players always used to go is go to the trainer's room and grab some grab some pre-wrap. But I thought that was an interesting question from Nadia that, you know, because uh, obviously maybe there don't, maybe aren't very many kids at the high school level doing it anymore. I haven't been paying attention in, in sectional time. So we want to wish you the best of luck this weekend with Purdue and the upcoming schedule. Hopefully we'll get to talk again soon. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we, you know, we wrap up here tonight? No, I just want to keep thanking everyone for support. Obviously it's been a long time um, since we've been able to play in, in assembly hall in front of fans. Um, and so we've really missed that. And we're really excited to get back on Sunday and these upcoming weeks um, with everyone in the crowd and, and the best fans in the, in the country um, cheering us on and giving us that extra energy that we need. So um, we just keep thanking everyone and keep encouraging us during this tough stretch that we have coming up. Yeah, and I think the fans are are definitely looking forward to you guys being back and and, and playing um, and know and and I know we can't you know you can't say anything, but uh, you know, everybody's kind of excited, thinking maybe Mac will be back soon. Coach Morton seemed to hint last night that she was a little bit ahead of schedule, so I know everybody's hoping she'll be back as well soon, and, and they're looking forward to watching you guys play. So, Grace. Appreciate you taking some time with us tonight on a busy Friday night. I'm sure as a college student, there's things going on that, well, maybe after the COVID issues, maybe you guys aren't supposed to be out doing anything, but I know it's it, it's a Friday night. So I appreciate you giving me your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Now we'll do it for this episode of the Grace Burger Show on, a, on Assembly Call on the Back Home Network. For Grace Burger, I'm Jeff Morrow. Until we talk again, remember, go Hoosiers. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.